Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Matthew chapter 6. Hey, uh, real quick, last thing. I know we have a lot of announcements today, but next week is our first conference. And uh, if you're like, what is that? It's, it's a free conference this year. It'll probably be free forever, uh, hopefully. Uh, but it will grow every year, I promise you. This next Sunday, uh, we'll have two services. It's not one or the other. We want to encourage the whole church to show up to the morning and the evening, like two times in one day. I'm not a super Christian. You can be one time a year. And so we're going to show up on, on January 13th, next Sunday, normal service in the morning that we're going to go hard after God. And that night, we have Jesus Culture's Chris uh, Quilala, who is the maid singer for uh, Jesus Culture, writes most of the songs you sing on Sunday, a lot of the songs. And then Banning, who started the entire movement, they fill up stadiums all over the world, and he's going to be at our church t- uh, next Sunday night at uh, 5.30 p.m. So mark your calendars. Please invite friends. It's going to be a, a really good time. If you believe it, say, oh, yeah. Matthew 6. Are you there, church? Outstanding. Matthew chapter 6. I want to talk to you today about fast, fast rewards. Fast rewards. Who likes rewards? Three people in here. Okay. Fast. I'm going to write it down just so I say it a couple times. Fast rewards. Fast rewards. Here it says, Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is, uh, this is the Sermon on the Mountain, if you're not familiar with it. Starts in chapter 5, and it continues to go on in chapter 7. But in verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 16, Jesus says this passage, two verses, moreover, when, say it with me, when. When. Let me just rewind real quick to just prove a point. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, earlier on, it says in chapter 6, verse 2, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, or when you give. Verse 5 talks about prayer. He says, and when you pray, and now we're picking up this morning on this third portion of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, and when you fast, not if, but, are you with me this morning? Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with sad countenances, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, someone say, me, when I fast, anoint your head with oil, wash your face. I, the, the Hebrew is that means brush your teeth. I'm just kidding. I just made that up. It, it kind of fits though. Wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But your father, but your father, your father who sees in secret in that place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly reward you openly. If you're taking notes today, I want to talk to you about fast rewards. God, I just thank you for the privilege being back home. Everyone's back from the holidays. I pray 2019 would be our best year yet. Bless this series. Bless this morning. And I just thank you for all the great things you're going to do this year. On the first Sunday, we give it to you now. In Jesus' name, let's have fun. Continue to help the Lakers. And Lord, help the Chargers win today. In Jesus' name, all the Christians said amen. All right, lost some of you there. You ever been in a hurry? Come on, you live in Orange County, people. Everyone's in a hurry. You sit at a stoplight for more than 0.2 seconds, you're getting honked at. I don't know what's, what's worse uh, when you're in a hurry. Uh, being in a hurry or uh, just really two things that drive me, uh, really it drives my blood pressure higher, is being in a hurry or going to the airport and not having enough space for all my stuff. 
two very stressful elements, and uh, luckily, fortunately, this last two weeks, uh, I got to fly to Idaho with my family, and uh, I want you to know, if you have low blood pressure, and you want to know what it's like to have high blood pressure, travel with your family. Bring kids to the airport. And my wife and I, we brought our two nuggets uh, to the airport with us. We flew, uh, luckily it was a direct flight, um, uh, both times was pretty much a direct flight. But what I learned was, is that it's really stressful when you walk in, because here's the thing when you travel with your family, you're never there too early. Big airports, holidays, you cannot get there too early. So we got there like six hours before, it's like, man, we're rushing, we're running through the halls, we're running out of time, the line's wrapped around the airport. We finally get to the counter, and I'll be honest with you, the, the two worst things about being in a hurry uh, at the airport is, oh my gosh, we might miss the flight, and will I have to, 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 to enter into that really awkward moment when I get to the clerk at the register and have to open up my, 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 my luggage and have a yard sale in front of the, the airport? One of my least favorite things to do when I travel with my family is my wife's bag is always perpetually overweight. And so I know it's just, it's not a matter of if, it's like, all right, how are we going to do this today? So both times flying back here, I'm opening up her bag. We're, we're yard selling things. I'm like, two for $5, you know? <laughs> These boots, go ahead, take them. Uh, and, and it's just funny. I, I think it's so frustrating when the, when the stewardess says, look, you're overweight. Your bag's overweight. And she goes, uh, it's, you know, it's going to be like $1,000 if you don't lose two pounds. And I have to point out a fact here. Why is it we're so anal about luggage weight, but we don't want anybody sit next to you on the plane? Can we talk about it in church? Like, you're going to charge me $1,000 for two pounds, but you're not going to, you're not talking to anybody else. I think it's kind of interesting. And not only that, but like, what does two pounds look like? Do you travel with barbells? They're like, look, you're seven pounds overweight. I'm like, well, that's just a barbell and a half. So I'm trying to shift through, you know, all these different things, and, and I'm trying to see, okay, what can I get rid of? And so I'm throwing her shoes and her other pair of shoes. And it's funny, guys as a whole, I feel like, guys, we travel in one bag for two months, and my wife travels in a giant two suitcases for one day. And it's like, I can't pack too much. She can't pack too little. And it's a, it's a weird uh, irony here, but I think there's something beneficial. When you go to the airport, I feel like one of the greatest things that you can have is status on an airline because the reward of having status is you get through lines faster. And when I fly on Delta, I've been flying for a lot of years, and so I have a high status on there. Not only do I go through the lines fast, but they don't ever give me a hard time when my bags are overweight. And I just thought, man, how cool is it, God, that the two greatest things I value at the airport is fast and not, not running out of space or being overweight. And as I was preparing for this week, I really felt like the Lord told me to tell you that fasting expedites things in your life. It expedites things in your life. You know what else it does? It actually makes room in your life for what's really important. I'll reiterate this phrase. Fasting, it, it, it has a way of making room in your life for what's really important. Now, I'd like to discuss a few things about fasting first. Fasting, a couple things about it. It doesn't get you in a better standing with God. Can I get an amen? Well, I fasted for 13 days, so God loves me more now. Newsflash, fasting does not make God love you more. Do you know that you can win every person in the world to Jesus, become Billy Graham, and Billy Graham is not loved any more by God than you are? 
How is that possible? Because the Bible says God is no respecter of persons. He loves all of us equally. Are you following me today? So when I, when I, when I put aside food and all these things I'm going to talk about today, fasting, I just want you to know what it's not first. It doesn't get us in better standing with God. It doesn't twist God's arm to do what we're telling him to do. Fasting doesn't make him feel sorry for us. And it doesn't increase uh, his, his love or his favor necessarily over our lives. It's not even paying for our mistakes. Well, I cheated or I, I lied about this or I stole that or I, I, I was corrupt in this area, so I'm going to fast. And now God is going to forgive me for all that I did wrong. Fasting doesn't make God forgive you any faster. I'll be honest with you. In the, in the first five books of the, of the Bible, the Pentateuch, there's no mention of fasting. In the New Testament, Jesus speaks about fasting. But it's interesting that nowhere in Scripture does it say that fasting is a divine requirement. Do you know that you can live 80, 90, 100 years of, on earth with Jesus, go to heaven, and never fast one time? So you're like, why in the world are we wasting a Sunday talking about it? This is a waste of time, people. Because I believe there's, there's rewards that come with fasting that you'll never access if you never fast. Can I get a good amen? It's crazy. There's rewards with fasting that, that Jesus never made it an obligation. It's not a, a, a oblig, obligatory that we don't have to do it to earn his favor or his approval. But Jesus says, when you fast. So Jesus, there's a presupposition here that he assumed that just like we would give charitable, uh, charitable deeds, just like we would pray and we'd spend time with God, he assumed that as believers we would also fast. Now, I know many people don't even know what fasting is. Some of you, the only time you fast is before you get your blood taken the day after your physical. I want you to know that fasting is a powerful thing, but it's not dieting. Can I get an amen? We're in Southern California, like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Do you know that not eating food and not pursuing God is not fasting, it's dieting? Fasting is when you put aside what you normally eat or you normally drink or you normally do for a spiritual purpose. This is fasting. When you begin to fast, it, it has a power. There's a purpose in it. And, and it's, so, it's so powerful that, that it actually gets us closer to God. What do you mean? Can you get closer to God than you currently are? I don't think you necessarily maybe can because God is everywhere. But I do believe you can get more aware of God. That's a good spot for an amen right there. I want to live more aware of God. Fasting gets us not only closer in that sense, but the Bible is clear over and over again that it has the power to declutter our soul. It's funny, every year in January, uh, we're all talking about resolutions. No one wants to go to the gym, right? Because they're all crowded right now uh, that normally work out. It's funny that in the springtime, we get our garages, we, we get in there, we start cleaning, unless you live in California, because January feels like the springtime. So I clean my garage this week. <laughs> But I want you to know that we love to clean our garage. We love to get in shape and set physical goals, which are all great and good. But I find it interesting that, that your spirit lives forever, but we don't usually ever set spiritual goals every year. I'm really good about setting financial goals, relational goals. I'm, I'm setting intellectual goals. I'm setting travel goals, marriage goals, date night goals, daddy goals. But when was the last time we just really did inventory and said, what am I going to do this year to get closer to God than I was? I believe it's really good to have a desire to get closer to God. If you believe it, say yeah. I think many people are content living in the same space and the same distance from God than they were born again at. And I want you to know that God's desire is for us to get closer to him year after year. 
That's why Solomon said the path of the just is like the first gleaming of the dawn that shines ever brighter until the perfect day. You see, the, the path of the just, it should get better and better, closer and closer to Jesus. I don't want to die further away from God than I was when I was born again. I want to get closer to God progressively year after year, day after day. And what fasting does is it actually brings us deeper, more intimate, and more powerful relationship with Jesus. It's what it does. I can't tell you how much I don't like fasting. Can I just qualify this whole message? I really, physically, I do not like it. The first two or three days of fasting, you get headaches. You know why you get headaches? Because your body is flushing out all the toxins in your body. But scientists, medical doctors have proven, there's so many books written, I could refer a bunch of them to you. There's a great book called 101 Reasons Why You Should Fast by Bob Rogers. He covers a lot of these things. But there's so many medical reasons why we should want to fast every year. Uh, they've proven that it's good for your physical body. It's good for your blood pressure. It actually cleans the toxins out of your body. Uh, it's, good for, it's, it's good for cleaning you out. And I love that over and over again throughout the Bible, the Bible is clear that fasting is good for you. Three reasons why it's good for you. Number one, I believe that fasting is so important even when I don't like doing it. Because number one, if you're taking notes, it strengthens your body. Medicine has proven that fasting is good for your physical body. It cleans your intestines out. It actually gets rid of sugars and starches and processed foods that are lodged in your body. There's a gross stat I'm not going to read to you about how much of that junk gets, gets uh, stuck in your body every year because of all the food that we eat here in America. There's something naturally good for your body when you fast. Some of you, you have a hard time controlling your appetite. I'm like, man, I've tried fasting, but everywhere I go, I start seeing food objects. I'm looking in the sky, I see like pizza. I'm like, that's a milkshake from In-N-Out. It says John 3.16 in the bottom of the cup. Um... Everywhere I go, I'm seeing things. I'm like, man, I'm just hungry. I'm starving. I was a, I was a janitor, as I mentioned, and I would clean the trashes out uh, of our office. And when you're hungry enough, even food that's not eatable starts to become enticing. But that's only three days old. You get three or four days into a fast, you start, you start getting hungry for anything and everything. And one of the reasons why I love to fast naturally is because it reminds me that my hunger for God is more beneficial than my hunger for food. And I want you to know that fasting is so powerful because it, when you give something to God that means something to you, here's what I've learned, you can write it down, if it means something to me, it'll mean something to God. Some are like, this week I'm going to fast, I'm going to fast wearing two pairs of socks. Well, if it doesn't mean anything to you, I would say it probably isn't going to mean very much to God. But when you put aside something to God that means something to you, it gets, I believe, the attention of heaven. You see, throughout the Bible, over and over again, it talks about fasting. It's, it's good for your body. I, I believe it helps get your physical appetite under control. It cleanses toxins out of your body. It gives your body time to heal itself. They say it takes three days to empty your intestines of everything. When you're doing water and juice or broth, it lowers your blood pressure. Number one, it strengthens your body. Number two, it strengthens your soul. First Thessalonians 5 says that we're made up of three parts. We have a body that we live in. We, 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 are, we have a soul, but we are a spirit. I live in a body. I have a soul, but I am a spirit. And I believe that fasting touches all three of these dimensions. That I believe physically it's good for you, but I believe it's good for your soul. Your soul is also triune. It's your mind. It's your will, and it's your emotions. 
And I believe some of you have never seen the power of fasting in your life because you've never noticed that when you fast, your mind, it gives you a sharper mind to what really matters. I'll be honest with you, after the headaches, even during the headaches, I am more alert to the things of God when I'm seeking him through fasting than I am when I'm overeating, come on, at a buffet. I don't know why, but Daniel shows us in chapter 1 that they did, they did no meats and no sweets and they did no wine. And for literally 21 days, after 21 days, they were 10 times healthier and smarter than the most educated and healthy people in the land. There was something about putting God first that made them not only physically healthy, but made their soul healthy in their will, in their emotions. We see over and over again throughout the Bible that God, that God values and God blesses when people would fast. We know the story of my shack, your shack, and a bungalow. And how these guys fasted, right? And they stood in the fiery furnace. And, and these guys, they, they would not defile themselves with the king's delicacies. Over and over again, we see people that were strengthened in their soul as they fasted. And thirdly, it strengthens your spirit. Jesus fasted for 40 days. After 40 days, it says that Jesus walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that, listen to me, I don't believe that Jesus fasted because he needed to fast. He was God. I believe he fasted because he wanted to show us how powerful it is as human beings when we actually put aside things that we love to eat and, and, and usually do to put God first, power comes into our spiritual life too. Some are like, why, why is it I, I, I listen to preachers or I have a pastor and they pray over something and it, you can kind of feel authority in the room. But I've never really had any authority. I've never really felt like my prayers really got anything accomplished. I believe there's an authority that comes on people when they strengthen their spirit through fasting. I believe everybody wants the benefits of fasting without fasting. Can I get an amen? Can we be honest in church? Is It says that Jesus did this though. Daniel, Daniel did a voluntary 21-day fast. And this is crazy because nowhere in the first five books of the Bible would Daniel even be able to go, hey, um... They fasted, and because they fasted, we're going to fast. God inspired this imagination to put God first by putting aside these regular foods. It's amazing that this, these guys valued putting God first. You know, breakfast, it literally means break fast. Because it's the longest duration, usually, unless you wake up for a midnight snack, that you don't eat every day. Is These guys, they, they put aside food, and... And the longest passage in the Bible is in Isaiah 58. And it says in Isaiah 58, 6 through 9, that fasting does these, I'm going to say them really quick. It says it has the power to loose bonds of wickedness. I believe there's darkness in some of our souls that I believe water baptism helps. I believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit changes things. And I believe that fasting changes things. I believe it says it looses the bonds of wickedness in your soul when you fast. Some of you have addictions to, to narcotics or, or to social media or you have uh, food addictions or whatever it is. I believe that fasting gives us the edge to break off addictions to wicked or even unhealthy vices in our life. If you believe it, say amen. Number two, it has the power, it says, to undo heavy burdens. Heavy burdens. Number three, it says the, it lets the oppressed go free. Areas that we're in bondage in, it has the power to liberate us in. It goes on to say that it breaks every yoke. What in the world? It breaks off every heavy thing. You know what's funny? We have no problem. If I got up here this morning and I said, hey guys, if you get depressed this year, 
put more food in your body. You guys get discouraged this year, I want you just to go to more sporting events live. If you guys get really discouraged, I want you to listen to more good music, just like regular music in your ears. It's funny because in America, we have no problem with saying to people, you can change your circumstances by putting things into you. But we always get a little bit like, almost like, this is a little bit scary, the idea of putting something out of you. I believe that something powerful happens when we say, God, I'm willing to take things out of my life to fill you back into those areas. It'll break every yoke. It'll, it'll let the oppressed go free. It actually has the power to break forth light like the morning. Isaiah says as you fast, it'll bring light into your life and your circumstances like the morning. And it goes on, it says, it'll bring healing. Healing will spring forth speedily. I can tell you story after story of people that have fasted and during fast had divine encounters with God that cancers were healed, medical, physical conditions were healed, like generational drug abuse was healed. I believe there's something that happens with fasting that doesn't happen anywhere else. That's why Jesus even said, he said certain things in Matthew, uh, Mark, Mark uh, 9, 29, he says, only certain types of things happen when you pray and when you fast. Matthew 17, 21 says, however, this kind of thing does not only happen except by prayer and by fasting. Seven, it brings the glory of the Lord and it becomes your rear guard. This is what Isaiah says. When you fast, the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And the last thing it says, and I'm, I'm still going here, I'm going somewhere this morning, is it actually, it says that when, when you fast, we'll call on his name and he will answer us. We'll cry out to him and God's response will be, here I am. I believe there's something about setting aside things to put God first that actually it, it purges your soul. It purges the darkness. We live in a world that we're constantly getting toxins in our soul. And there's something about the very first part of the year saying, God, I'm going to put aside, you know, the, the, the ice cream, the frozen yogurt. I'm going to put aside Ben and Jerry's. Come on. For the glory of God. I'm going to put aside some of these things I normally indulge in, and I'm going to put you first. I've been fasting for 16 years, the first month of January, for the last 16 years of my life. In Idaho, we called it sacred assembly. And it's, it's rooted in a passage in the Bible that says, hold a fast, proclaim a sacred assembly. And every year, our church for 35 years in Idaho would spend the first three days of the second week of January. That's confusing. Um, to, to seek God. We would pray as a church every day. Every morning, every night, we'd have prayer meetings. You didn't have to go to all of them, just what you could go to. And that's why this Saturday, we're going to rent out Union Market, and we're going to go upstairs in our normal space. And Saturday night at 5 p.m., we're going to have a prayer meeting before first conference on Sunday. There's something that happens when the people of God begin to pray, call out to God, and to begin to fast. Fasting's for like hyper, spooky, spiritual monks. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not for some Christians. Jesus said, when you, not if you. He says, all, everybody, when you pray, who wants to pray? Okay, three people. When you give, who wants to be giving? All right, and he says the same thing. When you fast. You know, it says in Ecclesiastes that a threefold cord is not easily broken. And I believe that the threefold cord of a strong Christian life is when you get in the habit of giving, when you get in the habit of praying, and you get in the habit of fasting. 
I believe there's gonna be things that unlock this year in Oceans Church, in your family, in your, in your children's life, in your marriage, because of the prayer and the fasting that we do at the beginning of this year. I believe this year Oceans Church is gonna be given a building. We're gonna, we're gonna buy a property, be given a property. We're not gonna be in this, this theater forever. We're already starting, God's already doing crazy things. I believe that God's gonna give us properties. I'm believing my wife and I are gonna buy a home this year in expensive Southern California. I'm believing that God is gonna bless you and your business. Listen to me, there's something about putting God first. I'm gonna fast, because fasting releases rewards. Jesus said, go into the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I wanna draw your attention to the word reward. Because many people think, well, God doesn't want to take care of me. Do you know that your image of God in your head is one of the most important things about you? Because how you see God will will determine how you pray to him. And how you pray to him will will determine the reality of your life. And many people, they see God as stingy, kind of like a little bit bipolar, a little bit maybe a, a little, I don't know, just a little bit melodramatic hyper-exaggerative, this God that's a little bit melical, maniacal, I think is one of the famous atheists, his lines that he says, that just has his good days and his bad days. Listen to me, God is a good father. He says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts, I got my daughter a little balance bike, uh, because my, t- my three-year-old loves to ride her little bike, and I, she already had a little balance bike, it was kind of falling apart, she rode it to death, it was handed down from my brother and his daughter, and my, my, my little girl loves it. And so I didn't have to buy her a new little bike. But I want you to know as a father that loves my three-year-old, I said, I, I told Rochelle, I'm buying her a brand new little bike. I gave it to her. I couldn't even wait to give it to her. How many have been there before? I'm like, I can't wait. This is like killing me on the inside. I got to give it to her. So two nights ago, I gave it to Chloe and her little face lit up. I want you to know as a father, it is my distinct privilege to reward my kids. And some of you are like, well, are you saying that all God wants to do is give us things and bless us like he's just our heavenly genie? No, I think he's a good God that rewards. But listen to me, the greatest reward God could ever give us is his presence. And I believe that fasting makes you aware of the greatest reward on the earth, which is the presence of God. The band's going to come up here. I, th- I see throughout the Bible fasting changing circumstances. You see, I look, I look throughout the Bible, I see, I see people like, like Moses, he fasted two times 40 days. Two times 40 days. He, he fasts, he, he intercedes for the people, he fasts when he gets the Ten Commandments. Hannah fasted and wept, it says in, in uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1, and it says as she wept and she did not eat, she got pregnant with the most accurate prophet in the Old Testament, Samuel. We go on throughout the scriptures and we see that Esther called all the Jewish people of all the land to fast for three days when Haman was trying to go on a a Hitler uh, killing spree, create genocide, and Esther calls all the Jews to fast for three days and God literally not only turns the plot around, but but the enemy of the Jews actually hung on the gallows that he built for Esther. I want you to let fasting change circumstances for Esther. I see Judah, I see Ezra fasting. The people of Nineveh, after Jonah came through the streets, they fasted. No one ate anything. And God turned the judgment that was going to fall on a city in the Old Testament around when the people cried out to God and as they began to fast. I I see that, that Nehemiah fasted. David fasted. Anna is one of the first and only people 
at 84 years of age to recognize Jesus as a child, as the Savior, because she gave her life to praying and to fasting. Peter fasted three days once, 14 days on another occasion. The Apostle Paul did multiple fasts. And even, guess what, Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, he devoted at least three or four days to fasting when he had a revelation of God giving the Holy Spirit to Gentiles. Do you know that if you're not a Jew, if you're not a Jew by birth, you wouldn't have this opportunity of a new covenant had it not been for an Italian leader by the name of Cornelius. It was his fasting, his alms, and his prayers. Ironically, these are, the, these are the threefold cords that are not easily broken. In Acts chapter 10 that Cornelius did, the angel of the Lord said, I've, I've, I've heard your prayers, we've seen your alms, and we've, we've noticed your fasting. I believe that fasting, giving, and praying changed the atmosphere of our life. That's a good spot for an amen. I know good preaching when I hear it. Can I get an amen? I believe some of you don't realize that Daniel fasted, that Jehoshaphat called all the people of Judah to fast. And throughout the Bible, as people begin to seek God and fast, it changed the circumstances over and over and over again. I want you to know that I believe that Ocean's Church will be a special community because we value, not listen to me, it's not I'll do this and God will do this. It's that God, this is my, this is my delight. Fasting is not a law, it's life. And I want to encourage you, there's three types of fast, and I'll, I'll wrap this up, and I'll tell you what we're going to do this year. Is there's an absolute fast, which I only really recommend if you're going to do that with a doctor's supervision. That's when you do no water and no food. There's a couple of those in the Bible, but pretty, pretty intense. Usually you don't do those longer than 24 hours. You can, you can die if you, if you don't do that right. So I just maybe start off a little smaller if that's okay. Um, that's the absolute fast. Second is there's the normal fast. Someone's like, my God, I don't know if I can do that. The normal fast. The normal fast is when you do water, broth, juice. And uh, I want to I challenge everybody between now and next Sunday, we're going we're gonna to stop fasting. But between now and next Sunday, to pick whether one day, half day, because in the Bible there's half day fast, there's three day fast, there's 24 hour fast, seven day fast, 21 day fast, and 40 day fast. Now before you get this really awesome idea to, to shed a bunch of weight and do 40 days of fasting, I would encourage you to start small with fasting. I would encourage you, if you've never tried it before, to start, start maybe with one day. There's a normal fast that's water, broth, and juice, and just kind of do it accordingly. And there's a partial fast, like we see in Daniel, that Daniel didn't do no meats, he didn't do no sweets, and he did no alcohol or no wine. And for 21 days, he sought God. Again, if all you do is don't eat, and keep watching the same TV shows and keep listening to the same music and keep doing the same routines of life, all you're doing is dieting. Fasting is we say, God, I'm putting aside what I normally do, and when I'm normally in the kitchen eating, I'm in my office reading my Bible. And I believe that not only are we going to fast, we're going to fast smart here. Can I get an amen? How are we going to do that? Well, that's what we're going to do. We'll put on the screens right here. I believe we're going to fast this year for spiritual, physical, relational, and intellectual. You put that slide up for me. I'm going to ask you to pray and fast this week. And maybe you have a health restriction so you can't fast food. I totally get that. Fast something that means something to you. Maybe you normally watch a lot of Netflix. Maybe you don't watch any Netflix this week. And instead, you're literally just opening up your Bible and you're seeking God. Remember this, if it matters to me, it matters to God. 
Some of you are going to get breakthrough in your physical health. You're going to get breakthrough, I believe, in your marriage, in your family. Maybe it's a brother and sister going through a hard time. I believe that we can even fast for other people. I believe that God will honor the faith we have as we seek God for others. So we're going to do that this year. And as we fast, I want you to write down four areas I want you to seek God in. Is We're going to seek God, number one, spiritually. Because I want to get closer to God than I've ever been. If you want it, say amen. Number two, I want to seek God this year and fast. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God for physical goals. I want to stay in physical good shape. Why? Because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I want to take care of this temple. I had a six-pack, but now my cans are kind of turned sideways. Uh, we'll keep going. Um, I believe that God wants us to take good care of our physical shape. I believe that number three, we fast for relationships. I think that you should fast this year and say, God, what are good marriage goals? We're going to do a series in February on, on marriage and family. And I believe that, you know what the world needs today? Is they need to know what biblical marriage and family looks like. It's not going to be a heavy-handed message on the do's and don'ts of religion. It's going to be a message that gives life about how to have a vibrant marriage and raise God-loving kids. This is what we're going to do in Ocean's Church. And I'm telling you right now that not only will we have healthy relationships this year and relational health, but we're going to grow intellectually. I want to grow this year intellectually. I don't want to know what I knew last year, this year. I want to keep on expanding and growing as a, as a man, as a, as a pastor, as a leader, as a husband. So here's how I want you to fast in all these areas as you're reading your Bible, as you have these four little goals. We're gonna, these are our SMART goals this year, is I want them to be specific. We put those up, guys. Jesus grew. How many know Jesus grew in, in stature and favor? We need to grow. If Jesus needed to grow, we need to grow. So here's what I want to challenge us to do. You can take a picture of this if you're too lazy to write it down. That'd probably be me. I'd just take a picture of it. But I believe that it says specific. When you're writing out your, your fasting goals, what you're believing God for this year, I believe that, that general goals are not usually helpful. And here's what I've learned. Nothing is dynamic until it's specific. I'll say it again. Nothing is dynamic until it's specific. That's why the sun can shine bright all over the earth, doesn't do really any damage. But if you get a magnifying glass and you put the sun in the magnifying glass, it turns into a laser and you can burn ants. Come on. Nothing is dynamic until it's specific. Number two, we're going to fast smart in the fact that M stands for measurable. I want, this is what I do every year. Rashawn and I, we sit down and we say for our business that we own, for the church that we pastor in, for our children, what are specific things we're believing God for? What are measurable things that we can believe God for? You see, you can't, you can't tell if you're winning unless you can somehow keep score. And I think it's good at the beginning of the year that we write out, okay, what are goals this year? Well, I've never tried tithing this year. I'm going to start with 2% of my income, and I'm going to give 3% and 4%, and by the end of the year, I'm believing to get to 10%. Or maybe you're setting a goal that you're saying, you know what, I've gone to church once a month for the last 20 years. I want to start serving one week and attending the other week. And when we go to two services this year, I'm going to go to one service and receive, and I'm going to serve in the church in the other service. I'm going to write out a measurable goal for my business, for my spiritual life, and for my relationships. Are you with me today? And A, what's achievable? I think goals need to stretch us but not crush us. I'll say it again. Spiritual goals should stretch but not crush. Well, I'm going to do four 40-day fasts. They'll crush you. Set goals, are you following me, that are, that are stretching 
but not crushing. And R stands for relevant. I want to actually set goals that reflect the person that I want to become. Can everyone look at me real quick? I'm about finished. Do you know what's more important than what you're doing? Say it again. What's more important than what you're doing? It's what you're becoming. And this year, I'm not worried as much about what I'm doing. I'm worried about what I'm becoming. So when I fast this year, I'm going to say, God, what's my schedule making me become? What is my schedule making me to become? Because some of us value sports center more than we value Jesus. I want to be a man of God more than I want to be a sports statistic analysis person. I want to know Jesus more than I know entertainment. I want to know the presence of God more than I know the latest movie that's out. Are you following me? So what are relevant goals that I can reflect on? And T stands for timing. I believe it's good to ask God to do certain things in a certain timetable. Some of you are believing to go on this Peru trip, but you have no money to, to go on that trip. You know what I would tell you? Is write down a timetable and say, God, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to step out in faith. And I'm believing that by March, I'm going to have the first half of the money. And I'm believing that by, by, by May, I'm going to have it paid in full. God, you make a way. Are you hearing me right now? I'm going to put timetables to the goals and the spiritual things that God's put in my heart to go after. Would you stand your feet with me? I'm finished. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.